0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So, what's on our plate today? Beets. Bears, beets, Battlestar Galactica. Dwight Schrute, the famously dedicated beet farmer from the TV series The Office, was clearly on to something pretty sweet, with at least one of his favorite things anyway. It's only fitting that we follow up a fruit as sweet as the date with the beetroot, which has the highest sugar content of any vegetable. A beetroot by any other name would taste as sweet. While it's generally referred to as beetroot in England, it's also called table beet, garden beet, red or gold beet, or just simply beet as we know it here in North America. Beets are botanically known as beta vulgaris and are in the same plant family as spinach, chard, and quinoa. The beet plant is best known for its edible root, which comes in a variety of colors, from vibrant red and deep purple to golden yellow and stark white, and can range in shape from round to long and tapered. Although beets are tolerant of heat, they prefer a cooler climate for speedy, productive growth. They can be harvested any time during their growth cycle, which is why you'll find sizes ranging from baby beets to large beets. Small to medium-sized beetroots are typically more tender than larger ones. Beets are wind-pollinated and can cross-pollinate with other beets and chard, so unique varieties are typically isolated to prevent accidental cross-pollination. But the beet is more than your average root vegetable, as it is completely edible from the beetroot or bulb, to the stems, to the vitamin-packed leaves, which can be eaten at any stage of the plant's growth. Actually, depending on its intended use, this versatile vegetable falls into four categories or cultivated subspecies. First, the root vegetable or garden beet, our primary subject, used for the table. We'll get into the specific applications later, culinary and otherwise. Next, the sugar beet, used for sugar production, as its name suggests. Third, the leaf vegetable or chard, called Swiss chard here in the U.S., used for the leafy greens. And finally, the root beet, used for animal fodder. Okay, hold on a beet. This one plant can do all of that? Pretty sweet. And kind of reminds me of something else, our old friend, the cabbage. And here I used to think veggies were boring as a kid. There are many varieties of beetroot, each with a unique appearance, nutritional makeup, and of course flavor, with some varieties being sweeter while others offer more of an earthy flavor. The most common beetroot is round in shape and ruby red in color, what you probably picture when I say beets. One of the most popular red beet varieties is an heirloom called Detroit Red, introduced in the late 19th century. But like I said, they come in many different colors, even a candy-striped pink and white variety available in specialty markets, a variety known as Chioggia, C-H-I-O-G-G-I-A, also known as candy-stripe or bullseye beet. As the nicknames imply, this Italian heirloom variety from the mid-1800s is distinguished by its bullseye pattern and rings of magenta pink and white. Its proper name comes from the town in which it was first cultivated, the island fishing village of Chioggia, near the lagoon of Venice. Gold beets are known for being on the sweeter side, with a smooth, sugary flavor and just a hint of earthiness. There are several varieties of gold beets, with a favorite commercial-scale variety being the touchstone gold. Crapodine beetroot is likely the oldest of the beet varieties, with records dating back over a thousand years. It has a unique, elongated, and tapered shape, kind of like a carrot, with deep brown, bark-like skin and rich magenta-colored flesh. This old heirloom variety is native to modern-day France and has had a presence in European kitchens since the time of the Emperor Charlemagne, around the start of the 9th century. Check it out and learn more about it on the Specialty Produce app. White beets, sometimes called albino beets, look more like a turnip, and they lack the strong, earthy flavor associated with other beet types. Some white varieties are harvested young as a sweet and tender table beet. Some of the larger types are called fodder or field beets, grown and used for animal fodder. And then there are some white beets that are used to make beet sugar because of their natural sweetness and lack of color. These are known more specifically as sugar beets. The sugar beet is perhaps the most economically important of the four different beet subspecies. Although domestication of beets as a leafy vegetable and root crop took place in prehistoric times, the sugar beet is actually a relatively new crop. It was developed in Germany in the 18th century by a chemist from Berlin who discovered a way to produce sucrose from beets, and his student then perfected the method for extracting sugar and made the first selections of higher sugar type beets. The King of Prussia eventually subsidized a sugar beet industry, and the first plant was built in modern day western Poland. Though the king of Prussia was not entirely convinced that sugar beets had a future as a crop, Napoleon greatly encouraged European cultivation of these new sugar beets as a means of combating the British blockade of imported sugar during the Napoleonic Wars, when French citizens, forced to improvise, turned to beet sugar to sweeten their souffles. In fact, the spread of the industry was accelerated by the increased demand for beet sugar caused by the British blockade of continental Europe in the early 19th century. From Germany and France, the beet sugar industry spread throughout Europe to North and South America, Asia, and North Africa. Today, sugar beets are second only to sugarcane in world sugar production, though beet sugar production requires significantly less water than sugarcane, which is perhaps why it is a popular alternative crop, especially in more arid countries. Sugar beets account for roughly 20% of the world's sugar, and about half of sugar production here in the U.S. Okay, we skipped a beet pun intended. What about the history of the beetroot in general? The ancestor of all beets is known as the sea beet, a wild, weed-like seaside plant native to the Mediterranean and Atlantic coasts of Europe and North Africa, dating back to prehistoric times. Archaeological evidence shows that beets were around Neolithic sites in the Netherlands and in the pyramids at Thebes, Egypt, which dates back to 3000 BCE. An Assyrian text from 800 BCE describes beets growing in the hanging gardens of Babylon, one of the wonders of the ancient world. And in Greek history, Aristotle, Greek philosopher circa the mid-300s BCE, left detailed descriptions about beets, noting the depth of red color. Although people have been eating the leaves since before written history, the root of the plant was normally only used for its vibrant color for dyes and for its medicinal properties up until Roman times. The Romans domesticated the wild beet, which evolved into an edible root vegetable, and they were the first to grow both red and white varieties for their edible roots, not just for their leaves. This is why the common red beet is also often referred to as a Roman beet. Ancient Romans and Greeks believed that beets were aphrodisiacs and induced feelings of love and passion. Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of love, was said to eat beets to increase her appeal. Despite the fact that beets grow best in cooler temperatures during spring and fall, beets were so highly esteemed in ancient Rome and Greece that methods were developed for producing them during the hot summer months. Beetroot could be found in tarts and stews in the Middle Ages, and they became especially popular in France during the time of Charlemagne, circa the 8th and 9th centuries CE. But these were still an earlier form of beetroot, long and thin, more closely resembled to a parsnip or carrot. The modern bulbous-shaped beetroot as we know today first appeared in 16th-century Europe. Northeastern Europe was the first area to really embrace the beetroot as a dietary staple, and it was valued as one of the only vegetables that grew well throughout winter. In Ukraine, beets were turned into a warming, nutrient-packed soup called borscht. Dozens of recipes take the dish in many directions, some adding meat, other vegetables, and sometimes grains, and it is still a popular dish in many countries of Eastern and Central Europe. In the mid-18th century, the king of Prussia set out to discover which beet variety was the sweetest. After evaluating over 20 types, he selected the Silesian beet, which soon served as the grandfather of the modern sugar beet. Beets made their way to the U.S. likely during the colonial era. It was considered an essential winter food, especially during the period of produce scarcity that extended from the end of January through mid-March. Beets had a long shelf life and could easily be stored for an extended harvest. George Washington, the first president of the United States, was said to have experimented with cross-pollinating different varieties of beets and chard at Mount Vernon, and Thomas Jefferson later planted them at Monticello. With industrialization came easier preparation and conservation of vegetables, hence the beetroot became more and more accessible. So not only are beets colorful and full of flavor, they are also rich in antioxidants, folic acid, potassium, fiber and vitamin C and B6. But speaking of color, the pigments that give red beets their bright, rich hue are called betalanes, and they have been shown to serve as an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and detoxifier in the body. Perhaps this is why beet juice has been touted as a hangover cure. Betalanes are made using an amino acid called tyrosine, T-Y-R-O-S-I-N-E. And beets have a tyrosine-making enzyme, which naturally gets turned off after a certain amount is made in most plants. But for whatever reason, this enzyme stays on longer in beets and some related species. Hence, we get richly red-colored beets. You can thank beets for lending their color to other foods, too, like candies, powdered drink mixes, pastas, and even strawberry ice cream. This is because the anthocyanins in strawberries and many other fruits and veggies like blueberries and tomatoes that gives them their red color are not stable enough to be relied on as food coloring in certain products. Some brands of frozen pizza even use beet powder to give the tomato sauce a crimson hue. Since the 16th century, beet juice has been used as a natural red dye to stain cheeks and lips, a practice that inspired the old saying, red as a beet. And in the 19th century England, the Victorians even used beets to dye their hair. But betelanes are not heat-stable, so longer cooking times can decrease their presence in beets. Speaking of culinary applications, beets can be sautéed, roasted, boiled, steamed, pickled, canned, juiced, dried into chips, and, of course, used fresh. Note that the skin must be peeled, which is easier to do after it has been cooked. The often polarizing, earthy flavor of beets, which some people love and others hate, is the result of a substance present in their composition, called geosmin, which is also responsible for that fresh soil scent following a rain. But if you keep an open taste bud, I bet you'll find a beet dish or pairing that you like. If you're in need of recipes, pairing inspiration, or you're just trying to discover a new variety, download the Specialty Produce app. From natural dye, to sugar, to fresh beet salads with goat cheese and walnuts, to a roasted and caramelized side dish, to simple syrups, and even wine, this root veggie just can't be beat. Well folks, that concludes this week's episode. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time.